yet paid leave is it's really important as we personally know and in fact just 19 percent of american civilian workers have access to paid leave and as a result one in four moms go back to work within 10 days of giving birth it's truly painful for me to think about and i think what's most What's most mind-boggling about this state of U.S. parental leave, or lack thereof, is the data showing that parental leave is a win-win-win for health, for families, and for business. It's so rare to get a thumbs up for all three in one policy. Parental leave could be it, but we just don't have it at the federal level. But from a business perspective, there's a real business case there. Two-thirds of employees say that family and supportive policies are the most important factor in attracting and retaining employees. And it results in, parental leave actually results in increased retention. So women are 40% more likely to return to work if they get paid leave. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host, Blessing Adeshio, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on the Mother Honestly podcast. I am your host, Kristen Hall, the COO of Mother Honestly. And we are graciously coming to you from Motor City Woman Studios here in Detroit, Michigan. And I'm so excited to have on the podcast today, Missy Narula, who is the woman behind Exhale Parent and is launching Diapertainment this fall, which are two awesome adventures that I can't wait to talk more about. Missy, thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? I'm great. I'm delighted to be here. I'm a big fan of what Mother Honestly represents. So thank you for having me. I was excited to hear Thank you for joining us, and I can't wait to hear more about Exhale Parent. Would you be so kind and tell our listeners a little bit more about that and how that came to be? Sure. So Exhale Parent is a platform that I founded in 2019 that has legal and financial information for new families, really starting with maximizing parental leave. And the spark for the company was that while I was working at a large private equity firm, I had three kids. And for each of my babies, I was really fortunate to have four months of paid maternity leave from my employer. Honestly, Kristen, I know you're a mom. It is so hard to imagine how hard new parenting is until you actually live through it. My first child didn't sleep, I was a total zombie. But for each of my leaves, I was really lucky that my employer made me whole on pay during leave, but I had to apply myself for the California benefits. And California has this really confusing web of parental leave benefits, in fact, in California, there's at least eight different benefits to understand. Some are at the state level, some are at the city level, some are rights for pay, some are for job protection. And I'm embarrassed that despite having a really genuinely supportive employer and living through it myself multiple times, I still made mistakes on my third leave. Having a baby is hard enough, navigating parental leave should not be. Um, Yet I was lucky to live in California, one of only a handful of states with state parental leave benefits. And so that was really the spark for the company. That's awesome. And I think it's, um, even now, it's amazing to me as we talk to different women across their journeys, how different leave looks for every woman. No one has had, for the most part, um, it's amazing even to hear from you that you were at the same company for all three kids in and of itself. That's its own unique experience. But a lot of people, they, we don't know until you're in it. 
And then you look back and you're like, I wish I would have known A, B, and C, you know, up top of everything else that I'm trying to do being a working individual before I have the kid or have multiple kids yeah. and try and balance that. So that's a really great space. Um, what have you noticed that is, so the, like, it's different in California as it is in other states. You know, what kind of information do you provide to women that are, that are looking and are trying to figure out, hey, what should I do or what shouldn't I do? Yeah, well, so every state that has parental leave benefits is different. So, for example, in New York, the benefit is paid through your employer's insurance carrier, while in California, it's actually funded through employer paycheck deductions that feed into one program called the State Disability Insurance Program, and that feeds into both disability and paid family leave payments. So, because even the states that happen to have it are completely disparate, it ends up being very confusing for both employers and employees. But I mean, this is this is so important, right? Even having the privilege of trying to navigate through leave truly is a privilege because only eight states have rights for it. The United States is the only developed country without mandated paid leave for birth moms. And you know, I think everybody has seen the maps that show Estonia has a year and a half and Japan and Hungary have more than a year and you know, even Mexico has 12 weeks and Chile has 30 weeks and the United States has nothing. Um, yet paid leave is, it's really important as we personally know. And in fact, just 19% of American civilian workers have access to paid leave. And as a result, one in four moms go back to work within 10 days of giving birth. It's truly painful for me to think about. And I think what's most What's most mind boggling about this state of US parental leave or lack thereof is the data showing that parental leave is a win-win-win for health, for families, and for business. It's so rare to get a thumbs up for all three in one policy. Parental leave could be it, but we just don't have it at the federal level. It is crazy and I cringe every time. Like I know yeah. those statistics and even <laughs> as soon as you said one and four back in ten eight, I literally was like, Oh, <laughs> That's, I, I can't imagine it. And the fact that 25% of women actually have to go through that. And a lot of them too, I remember reading a women's health article the other, I think last year about women talking about, I had a C-section and they had to go back to work because you're faced with, do I eat? Do, how do I feed my child? I'm going back to work after 10 days of a C-section, which almost yeah. no doctor will clear. That's where it's like, Correct. how is this disconnect? so large in the U.S. So it's great that, you know, I appreciate that you've put together these resources, please, and we'll include it in for our listeners. Go check out Exhale Parent and look at what the legal and financial information is, regardless of what state you're in. There's resources available. Ask the questions. Try and find out as much as you can. We, you know, we need to keep having these dialogues. I and mean, then it's worth, you know, have you had any experience with, you know, as you built that community, of people going back and having conversations with their employers about what the lead policy is and trying to make changes. Yeah, ab absolutely. I think this is an area that even though the minority of workers get the benefit, it is an area of change. And I quoted that 19% of American civilian workers have leave now. Last year it was 17%. So, you know, small progress, but real progress nonetheless. I'm on the board of a fantastic nonprofit called PLUS. The website is paidleave.us. And that website shows the success stories of workers who have helped to catalyze change in their workplace. 
and resources employees can use to help make the case to their employer. And again, what's so exciting about this is that there's actually a business case to be made. You know, you'd hope that businesses would provide paid leave to their employees because it's the right thing to do. But from a business perspective, there's a real business case there. Two thirds of employees say that family and supportive policies are the most important factor in attracting and retaining employees. And it results in parental leave actually results in increased retention. So women are 40% more likely to return to work if they get paid leave. And the tipping point actually comes at 12 weeks. After 12 weeks of leave, women are 69% more likely to return to work than their counterparts without leave. And so again, like there is a business case, dollars and cents bottom line, that of course parental leave is a strong cultural signal but there's also real money in reduced recruitment and replacement costs. And so from an employee perspective and your great suggestion about how can individuals help catalyze change in their business, um, they can actually go to employers and help make that business case, which is very compelling. And you make a great point. You know, I, companies at the end of the day want to see the dollars and cents. What's the ROI? Yeah. What can they do? How is it going to help them? And those statistics are huge. Like just the, you know, people underestimate kind of the soft costs that sometimes go into try losing someone that has that tribal knowledge, understanding, you know, what it costs to retrain, rehire those lost expenses that kind of get in the pass through. That's a big thing for companies. And especially now as we're, you know, kind of dealing with the current state of the economy, these costs really, yeah. really impact. So I think that's a great thing. We'll make sure to include you know, the paidleave.us as well as Excel Parent. Those yeah. are two great resources. And I'm so excited to talk to you now. I'm going to switch gears a little bit about the new launch that you have coming this fall. So tell me about Diaper Entertainment and what it's about and how this <laughs> came about, because this is really exciting. It is exciting. Um, thank you for that notion. So I have three kids, ages eight, five, and one. And thanks to COVID, I've been spending a lot more time at home, like many parents and employees in the world. Um, for a while, we had no school, no childcare help. And my husband and I were changing every diaper. Kids go through a lot of diapers. My toddler is one and a half, which is this really exciting age of developmental explosion. But as a result, <laughs> diaper changing was impossible because a one and a half year old just does not want to sit still on the changing table. And there was a spark one day that I had a particularly challenging diaper and I handed my toddler my phone playing Elmo just to like keep her busy for a few precious seconds. And it really worked, it, you know, it made her stay still. But of course, it's kind of silly to hand a thousand dollar device to an irreverent toddler who could break that delicate device. And so I thought, you know, there must be a better, be a better way for this. And that was the spark to develop diapertainment, which it's, it's a simple product. It's a phone holder built exactly for this need. It's clear and you actually put your phone face down in diapertainment so the baby views the phone through the holder and you hang it about 20 inches over baby's feet at a 45 degree angle and it's kind of the perfect viewing angle for a baby to be able to see it while they're lying still for a diaper change. It's been a complete game changer in my house and I'm really excited that we're producing it commercially now because um, it's, again, a simple device, but it makes a big difference when parents are changing six to 12 diapers a day, and it can be a real struggle. It's such a, like, you think about it, you're like, it's an aha moment. Why didn't we have this yeah. before? So congratulations <laughs> yeah. on taking that idea from conception to commercial production, because that's huge. Um, and I do think about, you know, reminiscing my toddlers now for, but going back to that phase, it was like, oh, yeah, how 
looking at the cracks on my screen because he threw my phone. Um, so I love that. It's, but also the same thing too. Like they could be chewing on it. They could throw it. They could be all these different things. So you put it that it's a safety concern as well as just like, it's, you know, the device itself. How can people purchase this project or product? You're launching it this year. You know, where is it? What are the outlets going to be on? Where is it going? Tell me more about how Thank we can you. find this great resource. Well, you can find it now on diapertainment.com, where there's a fantastic video of me and my little toddler, Roxy, using it. You can get a sense for the product, what the product is like. Uh, but we'll also have it on Etsy and on Amazon the coming months. But to say that you got it on Amazon, that's a big thing, because I think everyone, as soon as they hear that, they're going to be like, two-day shipping, Prime, I need this, I need this tomorrow. How did, was it taking yeah. it from, you know, walk me through as an entrepreneur, like we don't see sometimes always as much as many product launches in this space. Yeah. So tell me about what that experience was like. What are some tips and tricks you've learned or aha moments along that journey? Yeah, I mean, just being vulnerable with you for a second and giving you a bit of my background. So I have always worked in really big professional businesses. I spent time as an investment banker, as a management consultant in private equity, you had these big established businesses that always ran really well. And now as an entrepreneur, it just really forces you to become scrappy and creative. And I had never launched a product before. Um, my first steps were drawing it out as on paper with a pencil. And then I had a CAD designer turn it into a 3D image. I found some 3D printing companies in the US that kind of made prototypes for me and I could iterate on the product design. And from there, I went and found an injection molding supplier who built a custom mold for me. I applied for patents. We spun up a Shopify site. I researched all you know, the safety qualifications for a product like this. And it's really been step-by-step, -step, a lot of little new things that you add it all together and it's really daunting to launch a product, but it's also really fun. <laughs> I mean, there is something, there is something so fulfilling about holding a product that wouldn't exist if you hadn't invented it. And from a mom perspective, I think the most fun thing has been seeing the excitement in my kids' eyes. When I worked in private equity, they had no idea what, what I really did. And it was really hard to explain to them. And that's fine. Uh, but my eight-year-old tells everyone she knows about diapertainment. And my five-year-old son actually started drawing his plans for his first invention, which is a crib that one side of it can move. And, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know if this is going to be the next big thing, but I love that as a mom turned inventor, I've been able to kind of inspire those creative sparks and that sense that, yeah, you can start with an idea and turn it into reality into my kids. That's a really neat thing. And I hope that you're going to expand that to uh, you know, when they get into school, if we ever get back into school in person, um, or even virtually to kind of, I know, to just talk about, like you remember when you're younger and people came to your schools or they told you about an idea or what they did and what their job was. You know, I think yeah. this is something that's definitely been missing, especially for women, is we don't have a ton necessarily of women inventors or women entrepreneurs that kind of start and launch these things. So I would encourage you absolutely to keep kind of, I love that your five-year-old and your eight-year-old love it and they get to see it and to spread that excitement, you know, with their friends and all of that, because it's such a cool thing. Like where, how did you even know where to get an injection molder or 3D type? Was it just a simple Google search that kind of kicked you off? Did you know anyone in the injection mold and yeah. business? Did someone refer you? 
I'm so glad you went in this direction because I have found that there is this community of entrepreneurs and especially mompreneurs who are so generous. And so on the injecting molding topic, I'd never done it before, like I said, and I'm in a couple of Facebook groups. I'm in this Hey Mama group, which is this like great group of like mom entrepreneurs. And you, know, you ask a question like that and you get all these responses from other people who invented something and gone through the process themselves. And I have been genuinely shocked at how generous this community is and how, you know, yes, it is daunting to do something you've never done before. Um, but when you're surrounded by people who are willing to give you the benefit of their experience, it really does feel like you have a community lifting you up and doing something new. Um, so I would, I would encourage people to, you know, if you're going to start embarking on a new idea to turn up the new networks pretty quickly because it can give you the momentum that you need. I think that's a great point. And I think people are very generous to share their experiences, what worked well, what doesn't work well, you know, tips and tricks. And I think that's one thing we used to do. We, I had this talk a little bit ago that, you know, these used to be kind of those face-to-face, side-by-side conversations that you'd have at the grocery store or at church or at these kind of groups. And we've moved everything into this online sphere, but it's amazing the information and the resources that are available to us at our fingertips, but they don't feel distant because you have that community element to it. And it's great that people are willing to share those experiences. That's awesome. Um, what's next for you? So you've launched this great new diapertainment that is going to be available on Amazon and on the website and on Etsy, which is amazing. You know, do you think this is kind of, uh, you'll be happy with this design? Are you going to look to do more physical product services? What are you kind of hoping to do in the next year or so? Yeah, well, for this, for this product in particular, I've had a lot of people point out to me that there are more use cases um, for looking at a phone at a desk, even for like being on a toilet. So, you know, maybe we'll expand this concept to other use cases. Um, but sincerely, my hope is that I can use the inspiration that I'm getting as a mom and as a business person to continue inventing products that people really need. I think that the best product solutions are things that people live through themselves and have a real innate need to solve their own problem and then are inspired to go out and do it. And so, you know, my hope is that now that I've kind of built some of these entrepreneurial muscles in building a tech company and now building a physical product, that I can keep building on those and building companies in an authentic way. This is kind of a cheesy thing, but I launched Exhale Parent on October 16th, 2019. I'm going to officially launch Diapertainment on October October 16th, 2020. October 16th is my birthday. And I, I feel that, you know, the gift of giving yourself the life experience and new skills of learning something new, even as an adult, is the best gift you can give yourself. So I think watch out for me October 16th of every year because maybe I'll just keep launching companies. That's awesome. what a milestone that is. The one happy early birthday. That's amazing. Um, and what a good, like, I feel bad for your, your husband or your partner because you're going to be like, well, no, I gave myself a product launch. Like, what have you done? Um, <laughs> it lets him off the hook. It's good for him. <laughs> it's good. It's perfect. But I think that's amazing, um, A, to have kind of milestone dates like that. And I like that you hit on a topic that I think, you know, we talk about this a lot in the Mother Honestly space is that you, know, you took a chance and you took risks to just, you, you know, we always say done is better than perfect. And yeah. a lot of times women want to wait until everything's that one, two, three, ABC, it's aligned, it's neat in a box. 
Whereas we often see, you know, men a little bit more are willing to just kind of say, eh, whatever, 75% is passing, like off we go. Yeah to get more women to feel comfortable that there's going to be mistakes that are along the way. It's not necessarily going to be perfect. It can often be messy, but there's a lot that comes from it. And I love that you're saying, you know, Hey, this isn't something I start. I, I don't know if you thought when you were, you know, five or six that you're going to be an inventor when they asked you, what do you want to be when you grew up? Um, but yeah. I love that you're in that space now. And it's something that, you know, we can have these multiple facets, of our life and what we're doing. So you're in private equity, you're a mom, you're an inventor, you're an entrepreneur. We wear all of these different hats. And I want to take a moment and just encourage women to do the same, that it's, you know, enjoy the messiness of the process and take the risks. And I think that's where you really t- highlighted again today, you know, what can come out of that. And I think that's awesome. I want to pivot slightly and I want to ask you a little bit because it sounds like you've got your hands full with an eight, five and a one and a half year old. You know, how have you personally been doing and how are you adjusting in this space with the multiple hats that you're wearing? Thank you for asking. And I think that there's so much power and empathy in even taking that moment to ask someone how they're doing, because there's so many plates to spin right now. And for everyone, even just acknowledging that it's hard by asking the question is really uplifting. Um, there is this new normal that we have gotten used to as a family that in some ways makes us the family I always wanted to be, but we weren't necessarily until COVID hit and we had to completely recenter ourselves. It's maybe a silly example. We all have bikes now. My husband bought a used bike. I bought a bike with a toddler seat. And we're that family that will like bike to a playground and run around versus you know, my husband and I always had busy careers and we were always kind of sneaking in the laptops whenever we could. So I think it's been a blessing to make us step back and recenter a little bit. And I've only in the most recent months come to appreciate that. Now being in California with the wildfires and combining the pandemic with the inability for kids to go outside has been a really tough double whammy that I think is forcing myself and a lot of people to just you know rethink where we are in this country on um, health and on climate change and on paid leave and, you know, the way businesses support families. So I think there's kind of a, a mental overlay in thinking about the world that has been integrated into everyday life that, you know, I didn't have the burden of doing before, but I think it's probably healthy for this country. That's a great point. And I forgot until you mentioned that you're in California too, as you said, the wildfires, like we're just now um, nowhere to the extent that you guys are getting, let me preface that in Michigan. Yeah. But it's been interesting that we've had some of the effects of the smoke has finally reached Michigan. And it's like you're seeing it on the news and you're kind of experiencing it, not to the same caliber that you guys are, but it is a reminder. Like we had a conversation on one of my corporate calls where everyone was like, I can't believe how hazy it is. And we're like, this is like one ninth of what they're going through. And to visit those topics, like we have so much that's going on right now that we need to address. And I think it's, I like that you highlighted that, yep, we've all slowed down a little bit. There's that great blessing with, I would agree, I'm now home for dinner more than I ever was because I don't have a commute. And I took that for granted of what it actually meant to sit down and eat with my family every night. Um, But we have a lot of things that we still need to change and we still need to catalyze. And I I thank you for kind of reminding us that we have a lot to do. (laughs) As moms, we have so much to do. Like maybe – 
maybe it just takes living through a problem to be energized for a solution in the same way that diapertainment was born when I needed a solution that didn't exist. Um, I think these pandemic times have been a good push to rethink a lot of things. And, you know, as is clear from this interview, parental leave is a topic that's really important to me. And I think COVID has put a serious spotlight on the importance of family and medical leave in the United States that didn't exist before. Um, and it's created this moment for change as so many employees are spinning more plates in their personal lives or, you know, other employees who might not be personally affected either by the virus or by increased child care responsibilities um, are perhaps taking on more work or seeing their companies roll out benefits that they're not able to take advantage of. And I think it's put a spotlight on how hard it is for businesses to manage employee need and workplace harmony at a time when you need to band-aid a problem and, you know, wait, maybe this is a moment that we need to step back and think as a country, what do we need for long-term sustainable change? Um, so look, maybe it's the mom in me, maybe it's the optimist in me, um, but I think moments of problem are really ripe moments for ideating on solutions and this feels like one of them. Uh, I always tell people when things out, I like the ideating on solutions. That's a huge thing. Um, and Missy, you framed that up so well. I can't even tap or add to anything you just said. So I, I think I'm going to end the podcast there because you have just knocked it out of the park with things that we have to think about. So I encourage all of our listeners, you know, definitely check out Exhale Parent, check out Diaper Entertainment, and take a moment today and think about what you're blessed to have and what other ways we can come up with ideas, problems that we're occurring daily. I think that's a great challenge that I'm going to leave off with this podcast is that we have an opportunity to view it as such. We have an opportunity to address some issues that we have as a nation and as a community. Missy, thank you so, so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was awesome. I can't wait to share this episode with our listeners. A lot of great things. And I'm excited. Happy early birthday, October 16th. That's a great day. I wish you nothing but the best. Stay safe, stay well, stay really safe in California. That's, you know, that's a scary thing definitely going on there. Um, congratulations on your success so far. And we can't wait to have Mother Honestly continue to watch you grow. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. It's been a privilege. Bye-bye, Kristen. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Mother Honestly podcast. If you want more relevant content for the ambitious mom, Head on over to MotherHonestly.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at MotherHonestly. Love our podcast? We want to hear from you. Please rate and review our podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We love growing at Mother Honestly and your reviews help us grow. Stay safe, stay well, and always stay ambitious.